And tonight, we have a guest speaker. He's a missionary for the Youth with a Mission or YWAM. And he is currently the chairman of Davao YWAM. He is a missionary for 20 years and is married to one beautiful Filipino wife and has a one beautiful daughter. And he is a very good friend of Pastor Dave and it is in his heart to bring the MI2 movement in the Caribbean islands very soon, as early as next year, 2020. So let us now call on our speaker for tonight, Pastor Jermaine Cabby. All right. Good evening, everyone. For those of you who may not know what the Caribbean is, no, it's not in Africa. And no, it is not America. God bless America. But it's to the right of Central America. And it's just like the Philippines, we have many islands coming down. So that's where I'm from. But tonight, before I start sharing, I want to do a little, let's have a little, um, you know, the word says that you and I, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so tonight, what I want to do, now look at the shapes, and I want you to choose one shape, quickly, just one. Now we're going to learn a little bit about the person sitting next to you and around you tonight. All right, you got it? You got your one? Okay. Let me see the hands of those who chose the square. Square. Three. All right, the circle. Wow, amazing. Okay, the triangle. Okay. The rectangle. Oh, one, two, amazing. The wriggly zigzags. Okay, now hear this quickly. Now you're going to learn something about yourself. The squares, you are a hard worker, very diligent. You persevere, you're patient, you're skilled, you're logical, you're mathematical thinker, you're secure with planned events, good administrators and executives. Well, just a little, that's how many, five of you? Sayang. And you do not like surprises, but you can be slow in solving problems and does not connect with people very well. So you need to grow. All right, triangles. You are focused on goals. You quickly analyze situations. You're confident, easy to train. You are a good presenter. Find it difficult to admit mistakes and tend to be self-absorbed and like to confront rivals. All right, rectangle. Always looking for a change or a chance to improve. You are courageous, adventurous, but you're un inconsistent, unpredictable. In other words, you, you will just go wherever you want to go, anytime, anywhere. Okay, circle. There's many of you are circles. You are relational. You're a people person. You value people. You're full of sympathy and empathy. You feel pain and joy for others. You are very creative. And not only that, you are very romantic. Ah. And you can be hard to understand, and you can be complicated. But don't worry, there's always room for change. The zigzag, you know the little zigzags? This is about you. You do not care much for details. You look for beauty around you. You like new experiences. You like to travel, go sightseeing. You're interested in possibilities. I have a simple view of the world. How many of you would say what I said describe who you are, a little bit at least? 
Wow. See, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? All right, so now we know, you know a little bit about the person sitting next to you. But tonight, what I want to talk about is the call. And I want, to, I want to share with you a little bit from Psalms 90. So you can go to the next slide. And as we know, this Psalm 90 is a prayer of Moses. And, you know, if you were, you were Moses and you're leading millions of people in the desert, you need to be a man of prayer. And so this is a prayer of Moses. And in this prayer, there are three calls that I want to share with you tonight that I believe that the Lord is calling us as men to strengthen and also to grow in and walk in. So the first three verses says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever, you had formed the earth and the world. Even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And verse 3, you turn man to destruction and say, return, O children of men. And so the first call is a call to worship. We all understand that worship is a posture of the heart, not an attitude of the heart. But as men, how is your worship? How is your worship as a man? How often do you worship? And the question is, do our wives, do our children, do our family members, do they hear us or do they see us worshiping? Or what is it they hear us saying or doing, see us doing most of the time? So the first part starts with Lord and and if you know Philippians, Philippians 2, 10, 11 says that at the name of Jesus, every name should bow and those in heaven and those in earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And worship is something that should be a part of who we are as a person. And we understand that, that worship is is what we created for now the first part start with Lord and Adonai this psalm started with Lord and finished the last verse of this Psalms 90 also finished with master and at the end of the age every human being is gonna worship Jesus amen because like I read it before, that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. And the second part says, you have been our dwelling place. And this is Moses expressing himself about what he went through in the wilderness. And Israel understood that without God, they are nothing. And as men, do we understand that? That without him, you and I are nothing? And he goes on to say, We are reminded of expressing God's goodness to him. And the Israelites then understood that this is where they belong. They belong in the presence of God. They belong under the watchful eye of God. And this is where, as men, that you and I belong. We belong in the presence of God. You and I belong under the watchful eye of God. That's where we belong. Because if we take a look back to Genesis again, why did God create man? We know that. We all know that. It's just fellowship to be with him. And then he goes on to say, when we worship, do we take time to declare who God is? Because this psalm started, God, you, 
Lord, you. So when we're in our homes and even in our business or when we go about our day, when we commute, how is our worship? Do we have time to think about the goodness of God, to express who He is, to express His nature and His character? And verse 3 says, you turn man to destruction and say, return, O children of men. When was the last time, beside church, beside a family devotion, that you as a man had a time of worship? When was the last time? Does you and the Lord alone, when was the last time that you said to the Lord, Lord, you know, things are rough and tough. You know, my family, you know, work. Things are just rough and tough. When was the last time you got alone with the Lord and just worship? And the question is, is the Lord waiting for you and me? To come in that place, that place for just you and him alone. And the truth is, you know, worship, it may not change the people around us, but for sure it's going to change you and me. And there's something different when you and I, as men, when our wives, our children, and even our neighbors would hear us worship. This is different than hearing our wives, our daughters worship, and our son. But as a father, as a man, when you and I start worshiping God, it brings joy to the Father's heart. And the truth is, as a man, you know, we, when problems come and we try to solve problems, the truth is, we forget God. We forget how big He is. We forget how He has done us good in the past. And so this, tonight, I want to give you the call, and the call is to remember to worship God. Not in times when, it's, when things are going well, not just Sunday morning in church, and not just during our family devotions, but when we're all alone, worship God. And number two, the second call is a call to integrity. I know we have heard a lot about integrity during the MI2. But I want to go a little, with a little, in a little more detail and practicality of integrity, how we live our day-to-day -day lives and grow in integrity. And some meaning of integrity, one is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles or moral uprightness. The second one is following your moral or ethical convictions and doing the right thing in all circumstances, even if no one is watching you. You see, it's easy when we're in front of a crowd and we're with others to do things and get a pat on the back per se, but when we're all alone, and nobody is watching. Who are you? And the verses goes on to say, For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday, when it is past, and like a watch in the night. How many of you remember every detail of your life yesterday? When you got up in the morning, what did you think of? Who did you talk to yesterday? Do you remember every detail of your life? And do you know that for a thousand years, God remembers the details of a thousand years, but it means nothing to Him? 
And integrity is a choice that we all know. Living a life of integrity is a choice. And like a watch, where it says, a watch is a period of time from sunup to sundown. It's like a soldier. You know, I remember when I was going to school. And we had cadets. And in cadets, we, you know, we used guns. So we had rifles and life ammunition, grenades, on our camp. And we had to have night shift, guard duty. So one night, I was guarding, and I was so tired. And so I thought, you know what, let me just lay down a little bit, you know, close my eyes. And you know what happened? When I woke up, my rifle was gone. And I started searching, looking everywhere, because I know I'm in big trouble. I can be imprisoned for losing my rifle if somebody stole it from me. So I'm looking, looking for this rifle, only to find out, you know what? Our, our platoon commander came by, saw me sleeping, took my rifle, and hid it. And you know what? That taught me a lesson that day. Don't ever fall asleep during my watch. And that is what our life is like. Our life is like that little four hours time of watching. Like a guard. But he says again, for a thousand years in your sight is like yesterday. And when it is past, it's like a watch in the night. And the truth is, when you and I choose to live a life of integrity we will remember it. When you and I choose to do the things that please God, you will remember it. And verses goes on, so verse 5, you carry them away like a flood. They are like a sleep in the morning. They are like grass which grows up. And in the morning it flourishes and grows up. And in the evening it's cut down and withers. For we have been consumed by your anger and by your wrath. We are terrified. And again, walking in integrity strengthens the fear of God in our lives. And we know in those desert times, it was very common for flowers come up in the morning, and with the desert heat, by the afternoon, evening, they die. And that is what you and I, our life is like, this psalm says, only for a short time. And we also remember the Israelites, how they fell in the desert. The Lord broke out with leprosy among them. Imagine Moses saw death. Many people dying. Fire came down from the Lord and consumed a bunch of Israelites. The earth opened up and swallowed a bunch more. And listen, Moses realized and he knows the anger of God. And the thing about integrity, integrity moves beyond you and I sinning against God can understand that when you and I don't choose integrity you realize that we sin against the Lord when we choose not to do what's right before him in Numbers 11, 11 1 it says now when the people complained it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. Why is it should you and I walk in integrity? Why is it should you and I honor the Lord with the way we walk and the way you and I live our lives? Why is that? And verse 8 sums it up. It says, You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. And Hebrews 4.13 says, 
And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked, open to the eyes of him whom we must give account. The other day, I went to Gaizano. And I like eating nuts. So I bought some nuts and uh, I went to the cashier and the cashier, she was, she was busy and she had to run back because there was no price on the item. And the bag guy was helping somebody else. So she ran back in the store, got another one and came and punched it. So when I got home, I opened my bag and there was two bags of nuts. And at first I thought, you know, thank you Jesus. I paid for one and I got two. And then this small still voice spoke to my heart and said, Jermaine, take it back. And that moment I realized, you know what? It's true, I need to do it. Because I only paid for one. So I took it back and it was a Sunday morning, so I was and I was late for church, so I ran into Gaizano and I went up to the counter there and I said, you know. And here's my receipt. I bought only one, but I got two, so I don't need the other one, so here, here is it back. And when I told the lady and explained to her, the lady behind the counter, she was shocked. And the thing about integrity, when we walk in integrity and honor the Lord, you know what? The Lord is glorified. And it's the little things, you know, the little foxes that spoil the grapes. And as men, we have to understand that integrity is something that we should be keeping at the forefront of our face, that our eyes and not put it in the back. So how is your integrity? Are you growing in integrity? And again, this integrity is you and the Lord. Are you doing those things? Are you listening to his voice? Are you listening to his word? Because, you know, as humans, we, we like to justify. I, you know, first, my first reaction was to justify my action. Well, and justifying it, I said, thank you, Lord. I, got, I paid for one, and I got two. Thank you, Jesus. And what I was doing, I was justifying the fact that I only paid for one. And putting it on God. And many times as men, we are like that. Instead of taking responsibility and listening to the Lord, He said, we put it on Him. Lord, thank you, Lord. And the Lord is saying, no, that's not it. I'm not glorified in that. And verse 9 goes on to say, For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. And verse 10, The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years. Yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. For if it is soon cut off and we fly away, who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So again, integrity will cause us to grow in the fear of God and obedience. Okay, when we understand God hates sin, God hates it when we justify ourselves, our actions, and we say God did it when God did not do it. 
And, and integrity is not something so high that we cannot grasp it, but it's something that God watching and waiting for us to make it a part of our lives and the decisions that you and I would make every day. And the decisions are not big things, they're in the little things, you know, the little foxes, the little things. And here now, I want to give you signs of a man of integrity. Next slide. And so the first one is he apologizes to his children for overpunishment or yelling at them. I don't know about you, but you know, there are times when, you know, there's so much stuff going on and that makes me really upset. And when I get home, you know, my daughter would come to me and I would, I would yell at her. And I would watch her walk away and, you know, with her countenance fallen and the realization would hit me. I need to go and make it right with her. And the truth is, you know, we will make mistakes. But the truth is, how many of us would really take the time and do the thing that is right? And I realized every time I would take responsibility for my actions and go to her and said, you know, I'm sorry. Our relationship gets better. So as men, do you apologize? Do you say, I'm sorry? And number two is, it keeps promises even if it takes extra effort. Well, sometimes we say, yes, 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 just to get the person to go away. But the truth is, you and I know it in our hearts. We have no intentions of doing it. And how do you think the Lord sees that? Let our yes be yes and our no, no. Because if you don't want to do it and we say, no, I don't want to do it, yes, they'll be disappointed, but you know what? Our heart is going to be right with the Lord. We will honor the Lord because that is the truth. The next one. You go back and pay for something you forgot to pay for. You see, it's the little things. You went to the store and you know you're, you're probably you were, your mind was somewhere else. You got your thing and the cashier wasn't paying attention. You got it and you walk out the store. When you got home, you realize, hey, my money is still in my pocket. And I have my items. What do you do? Thank you, Jesus. No. You go back. You take it back. And you go back and you pay integrity. What honors the Lord when no one else sees? The next one informs a cashier when he gets too much change back. And the truth is, when we are short change, we make a noise. Come on, you short change me 100 pesos? Come on. Give me my money. But then when we get too much change, thank you, Lord. Does that honor the Lord? It does not. And again, integrity is the little things that honors that you and I do, the decision we make to honor the Lord. And I believe tonight the Lord is calling us to walk in that place of integrity, being truthful with Him. The next one. It remains true to our spouse and partner. And that is a no-brainer. Next one. Returns valuables to the owner if dropped or lost without expecting reward. You know, one of the things I really like to see is when a taxi driver, 
you know, goes back and returns the phone, returns the laptop, or if a cleaner would find the money in a bag, they would take it and they would return it. That's integrity. And the question is, do you return the things that were lost by someone else or dropped? And he says, expecting no reward. Remember Jesus says, you don't let your left hand know what your right hand doing. Why? Because great is your reward in heaven. That's integrity he was talking about. To walk in a place where our lives and we are at peace with God. And God is honored by our actions. Next one. He said, ignores advice on how to cheat on taxes and not get caught. Well, April is coming soon. And for some of you, you need to pay your taxes. Remember Jesus had a little conversation about taxes, paying taxes? Jesus paid his tax, so why don't we pay our tax? Honoring the Lord. Do not let someone else take the blame for his mistake. Have you ever done something and you just sit there quietly and let someone else take the blame? When you know for a fact that you are the one to blame? And understand with integrity, you and I, we have to come, we have to step up as men and say, yes, I did it, I was wrong. I did it. And the next one says, do what we will say we will do. Do not steal materials from work. Do not pilferage. You know, when I, I used to work at a place, it's a, you know, the, the, a big kitchen, a flight kitchen that makes food for the airlines. And that was the first place I heard of seeing that word, pilferage. And so when I saw it the first, I'm like, what is pilferage? And what it is, is taking small things that does not belong to you. You go, oh, ah, the boss wouldn't mind. Oh, they wouldn't mind. It's so small. Go, my guy. But God, but to the Lord, it's a big thing. Understand that. And so even at work, we go, oh, I'll take the pen. Oh, let me take oh, one paper, two paper, three paper. And that dishonors the Lord. So integrity is not again some so high that we cannot reach it, but integrity is something that God is calling us to be make a part of our lives to honor Him. And Romans fourteen twelve, the one that sometimes you don't want to hear is that. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. We will give an account. You will give an account. I will give an account. So let's make it a pledge tonight that even the little things, we will do them to honor the Lord, even when no one else is watching. And number three is the call to wisdom. He says, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And Moses cried out, return, O Lord, how long? And have compassion on your servants when we have wisdom. Oh, satisfy us early with your mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us, the years in which we have seen evil. 
Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to your children. And let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us. And establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. But I want to take out verse 12 because that is important. Because with this call to wisdom, it calls us to reflect and consider. It says, so teach us to number our days. And that word actually means a span of life, a short period. So question, when are you going to die? Do you know the day, the hour, the minute? When will you die? You don't know? How long will you live, young people? How long are you going to live? You know, my home is actually very small. They're about, when I growing up, there was about 12,000 people. Actually, you can take the island and put it in Samal and still have lots of room. And so my concept as a child, because growing up, only old people die. So looking at that, I thought, well, you know what? The old, if you're older than me, you're going to die before me. And so my cousin, she was older, you know, and being, she was like the oldest among all of us cousins. Now, my grandmother had 13 children. And she was one of the oldest cousins, like the oldest third generation. And she gets a lot of privileges. So I thought, you know what? I need to get back at her. So I started teasing her and said, you know what? You're older than me. You're going to die before me. That is how I thought as a child. And here now, this word is calling us to wisdom. The time that God has given you and me. And the truth is, none of us in this room knows when the exact day or the hour that he will call us home. And the call is, how are you spending the short time that God has given you on this earth as a man? How are you spending it? How are you living it? And the call is a call to wisdom, to live it in such a way, because when this life is cut off, then we would have to give an account to God. And knowing that our lifespan is so short, Moses in this prayer asked God to help us, help us as men to sit down and consider that we would live our lives such a way to fulfill the purpose of God for us. And the truth is, have you embraced the fact that your time is so short? Have you embraced that or are you living such a way that whatever, whatever, how are you living your life? I want to give you some numbers. And from the side, it says the life expectancy of the Philippines is actually 123rd in the world. And it says the male usually lives about 66.2 years old. Females, 72.6. I wonder what's the secret. But the average lifespan of a Filipino is 69.3 years. 
How many of you have hit the 70 mark in here? You're doing good. All right. But listen to this. The lead, leading causes of death, number one, coronary heart disease. Why is that? Too much <coughs> lechon? Not enough exercise? But many Filipinos, number one killer of Filipinos is coronary heart disease. So as men, we need to take care of ourselves. Take care of yourself. Start exercising. I start exercising again. Thank you, Jesus. And the last part of the verse says that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And the wisdom is the person's inner being, our soul, our mind. We come to a place where in, we are in agreement with God. You know, this, this year started for, for me, for my family. My wife, she went to, she's actually from Dumaguete. And she went to Dumaguete for Christmas. Because she said, oh, my mom is getting old and I want to spend some time with her. So she went and while she was there, her mom had to be hospitalized. She couldn't breathe. She was having a hard time breathing. And from there, she went right into the ICU. And, you know, I called my wife one night, and she, she was just weeping and crying, so overwhelmed. And if you know my wife, my wife doesn't cry that easy. And for me, it's like, wow, that was a shocker. And we understood that there's a possibility that her mom would not come out of the hospital alive. And so that caused her and her brother to start thinking and preparing what if and the truth is death is never an easy thing to deal with especially for those of us who have to deal with a sick relative and so my year started with that then I have a friend of mine whose son he was getting ready to go into missions where he was began praying, Lord, I want to go wherever you want me to go. But he had a problem. And he had a problem with his colon for many years already. And he's been in and out of the hospital. But this one time he went in, over Christmas, same time with my mother-in-law. But he did not come back alive. He died. So with all this going on, then one of our staff, who has a supporter in Germany, the supporter write her an email one day said to her, I am dying of cancer. But this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that you are kept supported financially even after my death and I began and for her she was so taken aback by that she said I don't even know how to answer this man I don't know how to reply back to him but what is it would cause someone like that on their deathbed to say, you know what, I want to keep investing in missions even after I am gone. And the question is, what are you doing with your short life span? What are you doing as a man? Are you fulfilling God's call and purpose for your life? 
And the truth is, there's no guarantee that any of us in this room going to be alive to see 2020. Our time can come anytime, any place, anywhere. And the question is, what are you doing with the time, the short time you have? And here is the call to wisdom. And that is, fulfill the plan and purpose that God has for you. Don't make excuses. We are so good at making excuses. Lord, I can't because A, B, C, D, E, F, G. What are you doing with your time? Our days on earth, as we all know, we come to an end. But here, Moses is calling us. Don't leave this planet earth until you have fulfilled the purpose that God has for you. And when we have this wisdom, we will start thinking differently. And he says that to gain a heart of wisdom, we need to reflect on our days. How did you spend your past days? Did you spend it in a way that glorified God? Did you spend it in a way that you were walking in integrity, pleasing the Lord? Even in the little things. We have a friend. You know, I love the Philippines because everything is a celebration, and it should be. Death is a celebration, weddings, birth, party, you know. Adults go to one year old baby's birthday party. Yeah, I like it. But this was one. Funeral, I will never forget. And I'm going to tell you why. I was at that funeral, and this man had several children, and you know what? Not even one tear was shed. Not even one. To say, I'm going to miss you, Papa. I'm going to miss those times that we had. I'm going to miss those times we sat down and talked. I'm going to miss those times when you just listened to my heart. And I want to make a call to us as fathers. Our time is short. Use that time wisely. Your children is what you're going to leave behind. And I said that was one of the saddest funerals I've ever been to. Because the father, yes, he was married, but he began running around with other women and having children out of wedlock. And you know what? These children did not have a dad growing up. They didn't have a shoulder to cry on. They didn't have a father to encourage them, go, you can do it. And as singles, it 
You know, we all did this when we were young. We never think of dying. We just live. Enjoy it. But you know what? I'm an adult now. And I've learned that young people die too. So singles, young people, what are you doing with your life? The short span of time you have. So we have to learn to be wise by the decisions and plans we make. And the question is, are you doing what God has called you to do? Are you doing what he asks you to do? And as men, this is where we need to stand up and be counted. Lord, yes, thank you. I know what you want me to do, and I will do it. Or the response is, Lord, I have not been doing what you want me to do. So where are you at? Have you strayed away from the calling the Lord has called you with as men? Your responsibilities as a man? And I'm finishing up now. The truth is we all have one life to live. And we have to make it count for heaven. Make it count. Because there is going to be a day that we all going to have to give account before him who is our Lord and Savior. So tonight, the call is a call to wisdom to sit and think and rearrange things in our lives. Because one day we're going to be gone and we don't know when. And the last one, I have a friend and I've known her for a long time. She even led out Bible studies. But recently, same time again, the beginning of the year, wow, there's so many deaths at the beginning of the year. But she left one day, went to the grocery, and when she came back, you know what? Her husband was dead. Dead. He died. And something she said bothered me. She said, well, I hope he made peace with God. I hope he gave and surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. So all those years, she wasn't sure. And the truth is, if some of you in here are walking a thin line with your relationship with the Lord, Listen to wisdom. Make that step. Give it all. Don't hold back. Because nothing will last. And I just want to finish with this song. The words of this song. It's an old song. And it goes, Holy words long preserved. For our walk in this world, they resound with God's own heart, or oh, let the ancient words impart. Words of life, words of hope, give us strength, help us cope. In this world, wherever we roam, ancient words will guide us home. 
ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts, oh let the ancient words impart. Holy words of our faith, handed down to this age, came to us through sacrifice, oh heed the faithful words of Christ. Let's pray. Father, you are worthy to be worshipped, Lord. And the truth is, we get so dis disconnected and so busy, Lord God. Would you help us to remember in the tough times, even when in the good times, to express what you're worthy of, Lord. To express, Lord, to fill our home with a declaration of who you are, Lord, in worship. Oh, Father, I thank you for each man in this room and, yeah, there's some women. But I thank you for each man, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in all of our hearts, Father. But Lord, we want to walk in a way that pleases you, Lord. And Father, we have not looked or taken carefully of the little things in our lives. Walking in truth, in integrity, Lord. To do what is right before you, Lord when no one else is looking. Father, forgive us, Lord. And would you help us today, Lord, from this very minute, Lord, that when we walk and leave this place, Lord, we will be mindful of the little things that dishonors you. Lord, help us to honor you, not only in the big things, but in the little things, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for the wisdom that you've given us, Lord. And Father, thank you for the time that you've given us here on earth. For many times we take it for granted. And we put you off again and again. Or we put off what you're asking of us, Lord. Would you help us from tonight, Lord? Because the truth is, we don't know the time nor the hour. You will call us home. But Lord, help us to live our lives, the rest of our days, our hours, our minutes, our seconds. in a way that honors you. So Father, would you bless every person in this room tonight, Lord. Because to know you is truly life eternal. So I ask tonight that even as we get together and share Oh, Father, would you help us tonight to encourage each other, to affirm each other, and to commit to each other, Lord, like never before. Not just in the big things, but even in the little things. In Jesus' name, amen.